The sun is shining in Las Vegas, Nevada. Hello again, everybody. This is Harry Carey. That's the most asinine marketing I've ever heard of. Live. Brian sends one a deep left way. Martin Show. It's time to get your daily prescription from the doctor. Oh my goodness. That's the longest home run to center field we have seen in this ballpark. TC Martin. Glad to have you here on this Monday. Oh, yes, a happy Monday to you wherever you may be. Of course, streaming live at tcmartinshow.com. Yes, we got baseball and basketball on the mind today. Major League Baseball, we're going to talk about that. Arash Bakazi is going to join us. Our L.A. guy, right, who covers all things L.A., Interesting series down in LA this past weekend. Dodgers and the Astros. Oh my goodness. We're going to talk about that. We'll dive into that. What did you think about the Bach? We'll talk about that later. Okay. College Baseball World Series. The tremendous season that it's been, the College Baseball World Series, will now come to a hopefully climactic end tonight between LSU and Florida. We'll talk about that. Paul Buck Power Stewart, our good friend from England, as we go across the pond. You know, Paul Buck Power Stewart used to be a pitcher back in the day, played in the English League. Well, we know Cubs and Cardinals played back there uh, in England. I know Numchuck was watching that game, and uh, I got a chance to watch a little bit of it. I'm, we're going to dive into that today as well, too. Sounds good to me. Yeah. I and love co- talking Cubs. I'm just going to tell you right now that I'm going to, this is going to be a prelude to Terrible Tuesday. Because deal, I can't hold back and wait till tomorrow about my thoughts, and I'll, and I'll talk a little bit about this segment and as well as with Paul Buck Power Stewart when uh, we talk with him. But uh, always love having him on; always fun. Our good friend from England, staying up late, usually talking NFL as he has been uh, the play-by-play broadcaster for NFL Europe back in the day in the NFL games, uh, and now we got baseball back in England. So we'll get into that today. Plus, you're going to hear. From the reigning WNBA Most Valuable Player, the reigning Defensive Player of the Year, the five-time All-Star, the two-time All-Star Game Captain, Asia Wilson, face of the Las Vegas Aces, number one overall pick back in 2018, and soon becoming, if she isn't already, the face of the WNBA. We get ready for tonight's game as the Aces take on the Indiana Fever tonight. At the house, Michelob Ultra Arena inside the Mandalay Bay. And uh, I visited with Asia Wilson just before I came down here to the studio today. So we'll give you that interview today as we talk about the not one, not two, but three Las Vegas Aces who were named starters over the weekend 
for the WNBA All-Star Game, which will take place here in Vegas, back at the Michelob Ultra Arena on July the 15th. And so glad that we have the All-Star Game here. It's uh, the place where it should be each and every year. This will be the third time in the you know six years, really should say say five years of existence, because the in twenty twenty there were no home games, there were no you know games in any home venue because during the pandemic they had a season. But remember, it was conducted down in Bradenton, Florida, down in the Wubble, so to speak. So, of the five seasons that the Aces have played home games here at the Michelob Ultra Arena, three of those hosted the WNBA All-Star Game. And it's always fun. We get a chance to broadcast that locally and nationally. So that'll be good. So, yeah, uh, the season that the Aces are having, fantastic, 12-1. and And five-game win streak right now. They're in the midst of a five-game homestand. So, again, if you haven't got out there, do it. I don't know why you haven't got out there. And it's not like the tickets are overly priced or too expensive. But like we said, you go to a game, uh, you're hooked. Plain and simple. But, yeah, so you hear from Asia today. We'll talk with her. Uh, great stuff always from uh, the reigning MVP, face of this franchise. Always a smile on her face. Always willing to give her time uh, to anybody, whether it's interviews, whether it is charitable organizations, whether it's uh, she's got to represent the Aces anywhere. Uh, she is always there. And one of my all-time favorites and Aces fans, definitely. Uh, one of their all-time favorites as well, too. So you hear from, from Asia. So we got Asia, Arash Mikazi, Paul Buck Power Stewart, uh, coming your way today. So a lot on the table on this Monday as we usually recap a very busy weekend of things. So where do we start? Uh, baseball, basketball, you choose. There's so many different directions to go here today. Food? Food. Well, you know what? Did you have any good food dinners or Did, food stories? Do I have any good food stories? Well, from the weekend, I got kind of a a, a food story. I probably do. Can, I? can you tell I'm hungry? Yeah, yeah, you're hungry. So I'll tell you what. I'll, I'll tell you this story. This, it, it's kind of a funny story. I know you love story time, right? I love story time. Uh, and this is actually kind of food related. So going back to the Aces game on Saturday night, right? Okay. So Aces are playing Indiana, and I get this text. Early in the morning on Saturday morning. And it was from uh, a guy. I met him and his wife, and they had just got married. I met them in Houston. All right. For it was during either one of the summer games I went to, or it was one of the playoff games of last year. So I make the mistake sometimes of passing out my card to people. When they ask it, what I do and this and that, and we talk and that sort of thing, right? And so this guy got my card. Two very nice people, okay? Elderly people. And so I get this text from him, and apparently he sent me a text a couple months earlier, which honestly I forgot. You didn't see it? or I, Well, I, I saw it. I think, it, was, yeah. it was one but, of those. Uh, right. Okay. So yeah. it was like a 7.30 in the morning text, too. It's like, hey, can't wait to see you tonight. We're coming to the game. It's also, we're, hold on. It's we're also 9.30 for him. For him, exactly. Exactly. So, but they're in Vegas, right? But I'm saying, when you when you got the original text at 7.30? Yeah. yeah. Might have been 6.30, 7.30. It's, it was within that time frame. Okay. But I get it. No problem. So, and again, you said, I don't mind people sending me texts. Like, you can send me texts overnight. Because my phone's on silent. I'll I'll see it in the morning. Exactly. You know, but 
you have not like these guys who like have their like ding or their alarm or their ringer on all that kind of stuff. So anyway, I go, oh man, I forgot these guys were coming. Well, that's cool. Um, that'll be all right. All right. So again, that was early in the morning. Now, the backstory here, you, you, you may be interested in. How did I meet these guys? <laughs> Take a while. How do you think I met you this couple? At, you, wait, you were in Houston? No, I was in Houston. Probably at Biggio's. You are close, my friend, but I was at a restaurant. Okay. Okay. So I'm giving myself the ding on that one. The, 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 yeah, it's a winner. It's okay. Food. So I'm at one of my favorite restaurants there in Houston, down the street from the ballpark, sitting there having, and you may remember this picture because I'm probably, you were salivating the pork chop. Oh. You remember oh. the pork chop with the demi glaze? Are you crazy? With the, with the potatoes and the vegetable and I, mean, I had some soup before that, right? So I had the pork chop. Now, this couple is sitting. It's, it's one of those that I'm not fond of this. Okay. You know, we have the half booth, half table routine. Yeah. Okay. And so you got kind of a short table. Right. And then they're like two feet away. Yeah. And they're on the other. So they're not really with me or with but, us. You know what I'm saying? But they're not, but they are, but they are. Yeah. And it's like, okay, you want to try to have tunnel vision. It's one of those restaurants. Cause I, I like the privacy. I have the booth, you know, in the back somewhere like that, but it wasn't one of those restaurants. So that's fine. So. Of course, you know, they're kind of eavesdropping on the conversation. And, and so, um, I had already ordered the pork chop. So I hear them ordering and they're wondering. And this guy says, Hey, excuse me. And he's got that, that, that Texas accent, you know, Hey, excuse me. Um, I heard you order earlier and you got a pork chop. I go, well, I don't have it yet, but yeah, the pork I, chop's I coming. Order it, yes. Yeah, I did order it. Yeah, he goes, he goes, so you know how that pork chop is? I go, I've had it once before. I think this is the time I had it once before. I said, oh yeah, it's, it, it's delicious and this and that. So this conversation starts over the food. So he was going to get something else. And I said, you got to get the pork chop. Okay. This pork chop is all you. Yeah. And so I don't know what transpired here. But he either didn't order the pork chop or the, the fiance or the wife at the time. Again, these people, I'm, I'm going to say they're in their seventies, right? And, but very nice people. So I don't think he ended up getting the pork chop, but he went on this dissertation and telling the server that he cannot have kale. Doesn't like kale. I kind of remember you talking about the story, but yes. Yeah. yeah. Yes. So then sure enough, what happened? The kale came, right? The kale came. And then he starts like, you know, oh man, I can't have kale, this and that, blah, blah, blah. So then now I kind of like take over. I said, and they're one of these people, like so many others, I don't know, maybe you, Numbchuck, that are afraid of like confrontation. Like, well, you can't tell the, the server to bring it out. Yeah, you can. If you don't want something and you didn't order something, then you just say, no, thank you, or use the allergy excuse. You know, yeah. I can't have it because of an allergy, whatever it is. So they were, you know, moaning and groaning about this stuff. So finally I stepped in and I remember the server wasn't the best. So I said, excuse me. I go, this couple here, they're here to have a good time, getting ready to go to the ball game. Uh, they don't want this meal. They don't, they don't want this. And then he looks at the server looks at, uh, 
the couple and says, what, you, you don't like that? Well, it's okay, but I, you know, I, I said I didn't want this, but I got it. But, you know, I go, no, please take that away. Make them happy, this and that. So I, I kind of stood up for him and then got a manager uh, who I happen to know. Manager came over, made the meal fresh for him. And I do believe the manager comped him the meal. And so now I'm a hero with these people, <laughs> right? And so now the joke is, hey, you know, don't eat, eat, eat the kale, you know, or, you know, are you coming to Vegas? Hey, make sure we don't order up any kale. So anyway, they're in town. So I want to be able to, to say hi and see them and, and all that kind of stuff. Right. So I'm doing the game on the radio and all of a sudden I hear this enormous roar in the arena. Like, wow. I'm going, like, what happened? Celebrity sighting. What? My eyes look up for some oddball reason up on the jumbotron, and what do I see? Kiss cam, and, you, and it's the couple. It's the couple on there, and so baby baby doll decides to take off his hat. All right, this is Doc and Dottie, by the way, too. Okay. All right, Dottie decides to just like flip off Doc's hat and plant this massive kiss on him. And these guys are going at it. And remember, I told you they're like newlyweds. Yeah. All right? They're like 70 and newlyweds. And she's going all mouth, tongue. I mean, she's she's going to work. <laughs> so the crowd erupts. They're going crazy. Next thing is, oh, people are going, I'm on the air. And I'm coming back out of the break. I go, I know them. <laughs> <laughs> I could hear that. My that engineer's was- going, what? what? What are you doing? I go, and so then I got it now. Got tell it. them the, on the air, yeah. You're, so you're I, telling the story I, now yeah, on so air. I met these, this couple in Houston. They happened to be at the game tonight, and they just dominated the kiss cam. So that was like in the second quarter. Is that the first time you've mentioned the kiss cam on air? Probably. Probably. Uh, so they dominated the kiss cam. So at halftime, I ran over, um, you know, and I said, hey, because I remember they sent me the text on where they were sitting, what section. And so I went and said hi, this and that, and then met up with them after the game. But uh, yeah, so how about that? So there's a food story. I like it. That, that, that uh, tied in to, again, a restaurant meeting people. And they came to Las Vegas because I had talked about the Aces. And then they follow on social media and all that kind of stuff. And they go, well, we come to Vegas. We got to go to a game. And they went to the game. And like everyone else says, I just said, they went to a game. They go, we're hooked. We love the Aces. And they they really wanted to see Becky Hammond. I wish I could have um, introduced Becky to them. They didn't ask for that. But yeah. they knew Becky because they're from San Antonio. Yep. So, yeah. Exactly. They're from San Antonio. And it's like, oh, Becky, this and that. So that was cool. So not only did they get a t-shirt their way from the t-shirt, you know, throws and all that stuff, but your favorite restaurant that does the promotion, the second, you know, favorite restaurant. Or your, 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 three, correct. Yeah, okay. So got you. exactly. So, I got you. So Slice has the, if you miss, you know, two free yeah. throws, everyone gets a slice of pizza. Well, who songs has the steel meal where for every time the aces get a steal, they draw out a section in a row well, guess what? Their section in a row got the free taco plate. So there you go. So I said, they they go, where's this Who Songs place? We got to go. So I showed them where to go, this and that. And I said, make sure that you do not order any kale. That green stuff that you see will be cilantro. 
It will not be kale. Attaboy. So there's a food story for I you. I like the food with, story. With, with Houston tagged in. And yeah, people coming all the way from Houston uh, to see the Aces. We want to talk baseball now? Yeah, I want to talk some baseball. Um, tonight, we've got World Series. Uh, college Baseball World Series. This is a tremendous tournament. And if you haven't been watching it, you're missing it. I, I talked about this like last Thursday and Friday. You got to watch this. So we have game three tonight. It's winner take all. Best two out of three. You got Florida and LSU. This is the final game of the year. LSU, by the way, is a $1.70 favorite in this game. Numbchuck, you got some money? Because uh, I want you to put a bet down for me. I don't. Not on me. You never have any money. I know. How about in your account? You got any money in the account? No. 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 Do you have an account? <laughs> All of our proud sponsors. You, you don't have an account with, you know. Oh, jeez. Anyway. You want to hear something sad? Yeah. I have never placed a sports bet in my life. You never. Ne- and you're a sports fan. I am. And you, you get all this great information. You I get know. great intel on the show. I know. For all these years, you haven't. What's wrong never, with you? Never. Wow. All right. So game one was Saturday. LSU beat Florida four to three. It went eleven innings. LSU pitcher Ty Floyd pitched eight innings. Seventeen strikeouts. It called World Series. Seventeen strikeouts. LSU hits a homer in the top of the eleventh inning. LSU only used two pitchers in this game. So Floyd went eight innings, 17K, and then the other pitcher went three innings to close it out, and neither one of these guys was their ace. So now Florida has had a tremendous season all year long, and now their back's up against the wall. So they play game two. Remember, it's best two out of three once you get the championship series. So game two yesterday, final score. You heard about this, right? Did you hear about this? No, I didn't. You did not hear this? No. Okay. So you got the scene. I didn't get any baseball. So LSU, LSU wins game one, four to three. Okay. These two teams, rivalries, you know, no question. All right. Both from the SEC. But crazy enough, these two teams did not play each other. How this happens, I have no idea. During the regular season. How do you play SEC schedule? Do they not? They they don't have a conference schedule. They have a conference schedule, but they didn't play. Probably because, you know, like in football, it's like, okay, you know, the West is, the SEC West is playing, playing the these West, yeah. ways, and then you kind of cross over some games, whatever, which doesn't make sense. But then you go to the SEC conference tournament at the end. Yeah. They still didn't face each other, and they're the top two teams. Weird. So here it is, in the World Series, they face each other, conference foes. And you think, okay, they probably played, you know, two, three, four times this year. No, five times this year, because you're playing... You know, three-game series during the course of this. But anyway, so you go to Saturday's game, and now Florida is on the verge of elimination. Done. If LSU would have won on uh, on Sunday, it's over. Florida scores 24 runs. Final score, 24-4. to It's almost as bad as the (laughs) Angels-Rockies game. This is true, but that was just your garden variety... Regular season Major League Baseball game. 24 to 4. Florida hit six homers in this game. Oh, could you tell? Wind blowing out in Omaha. Just like Wrigley. Omaha is like Wrigley. Where would that be? West. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, five errors committed by the LSU Tigers. So that will set up a one game showdown tonight. Florida and LSU and Florida. Is going to pitch uh, Joe Calgani. He's actually a two-way player. 
kind of like Otani. Uh, last pitched on June 21st, went four and a third against TCU. Doesn't pitch a lot of games, but he is getting the start tonight. And then LSU, they're, they're being quiet about this, but their ace, Paul Skeens, who's gonna, you know, first round draft pick, uh, he may pitch tonight. The LSU manager is being very tight lipped about this. It'd be only on three days rest though, because he pitched in an elimination game. So both of these teams have been in elimination games. LSU had to beat TCU twice to get in the finals to get here. Florida faced elimination last night. Oh, and they scored 21, uh, rather 24 runs to win 24 to four. I like the largest, uh, margin of victory. And then they were one run shy of the record that Notre Dame had like back in way back when in the fifties, I think it was 1957, but yeah, just crazy. That uh, this is all coming down. As we've been talking about, the parity in college baseball is tremendous. So, yeah. The, tonight, I uh, will not get a chance to watch this game. But, man, I'm going to have to record it and watch it. The thing about these college baseball World Series games, they could go like four hours. So I shouldn't text you a final? You know, normally I'm anti that. But here's my, you can, you can, you know why? Cause when I get home, it's going to be late. I'm not going to have time to watch it. Exactly. You know, it's just too much going on, but very interested in this, but I was going to have you make a bet for me, but forget that. That's not the one. You can yourself can bet. My account's empty. <laughs> <laughs> not my fault. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> make better bets. Hey, I made a good bet uh, last night. But I had to go to the book to do it because I didn't have any money in my account. But I got plus 117, Fernando. You're going to like this one. Who do you think I bet last night at plus 117 on Sunday Night Baseball? The old Houston Astros. They beat the Dodgers. Got some fun with Arash Mikazi. We're going to talk to him about that. Plus 117 for the Astros. Now talk about that crazy series. Let's talk about that insane series. So Dodgers-Astros... Of course, everyone's all riled up, those Dodger fans, and they're booing Altuve and booing Bregman, the only two guys they can boo, because they're the only two that were on the team back in 2017. And uh, both Altuve and Bregman played great in this series. But the Dodgers won Friday night. Uh, you go to Saturday's game. It was one for the record books. It was one of the most crazy, emotional roller coaster rides that you could ever, I, I felt bad for my guy Dusty Baker in this game. Now, if you didn't see Saturday's game, it was nationally televised uh, by Fox. Dodgers jumped out to a 3 nothing lead. Mookie Betts, leadoff homer, been phenomenal all year long. What, 19 homers on the year now? So, down 3 nothing, we go to, there were two crazy innings in this game. The top of the fifth. The top of the fifth, the Astros scored seven unanswered runs. And they went up seven to three. All right. Actually, they got one run, uh, earlier. It was three to one. And then they got five and they added another one. So they got, it scored seven unanswered runs between like the, the fifth and the seventh, but it was crazy. So it was seven to three. The Dodgers now cut the lead to seven to five with the two run homer. And now we go to the bottom of the eighth. I don't know if you, you know where I'm going with this. So if, if you have any audio, I don't have any of that audio. Okay. It was only a nationally televised game. You think you would, you know, have that? I would think I would have a message from you know, somebody that would say, "Hey, get yeah, this right." That's for true, me. but you know, I'm, you know, I can give you like another minute and a half before I, we get to that crazy 
pitch. I'm too busy trying to set things up for buck power. For buck power. Buck power. Okay. Anyway. Jeez. Bottom of the eighth. Dodgers score three runs in the bottom of the eighth inning. And how'd they do that? Well, Abreu starts the inning on the mound for the Astros. He walks the first three guys. All right. The Dodgers end up scoring three runs on one hit, three walks, and a balk. Now, it was crazy. Now, if you're watching the Fox coverage, you see the ball that is launched, and most people thought it was out of the park, which would have given the Dodgers a 9-7 lead, but it was a ground rule double because the ball didn't clear the fence, even though the announcer thought it did, and Fox put up, you know, three-run homer on the board, jumping up and down 9-7, but it wasn't as the ball got stuck in the fence. Got stuck in the right field fence. I mean, let's repair Dodger Stadium a little bit here. How's the ball get stuck in the fence? Well, that, and then also, isn't that where ju- uh, Judge hurt his foot? Hurt his toe? Yeah. With going through the door? You go through, yeah, 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 yeah. So anyway, so now you got you know, runners were at first and third on that. So one run score, ground rule double, second and third. And then uh, what happens? The craziness that Stanek, you know, comes in the game in relief of Abreu. And Stanek has got two strikes on the hitter. Um, the game is, is, is now tied seven to seven. And this craziness happens. Oh my goodness. That's going to score a run. DeLuca comes across. And it's 8-7 to seven Dodgers. He called a buck on Stanek, and Stanek is arguing. He is saying, like, what did I do here? How is that a balk? He is asking home plate umpire and crew chief Manny Gonzalez, but Gonzalez was adamant. Let's see here, waiting to see if Stanek comes set. He stepped off the rubber, and that's when Gonzalez called him for the balk. I don't know. I think Junior Valentine called oh, perhaps the balk. Yeah, I think you're right. It's the second base umpire that called it. You see it. You got back on the rubber and then stepped. Just total craziness there. And so is that a balk technically? Okay, I guess so. But like Eric Carroll said, he goes, we've seen a hundred times worse. No question about it. And then this guy looked like Opie Taylor calling, you know, the second base umpire who called the balk and have a game decide there. So then Stanek ends up, you know, after they give up the lead, Stanek strikes out, uh, the next batter and the Astros go to the ninth inning trailing eight to seven. Stanek immediately goes right after this. Opie Taylor looking umpire and starts going off on him and he gets tossed right away. Then Dusty comes out of the dugout. And then of course we miss all that because we got to go to commercial. Of course we and miss to go all to that. And in that announcer who you, you heard that there along with Eric Karros, he's the guy that I said that called it a home run on the double. I mean, so he, and again, you know, I don't like Fox. I've never liked Fox for, for sports because they're, you know, 30 years behind the time, you know, and they try to get too cute. We didn't even get a chance to see the balk as it happened because they're they focused camera on the shot. Yes. They're, they had the first base camera shot while you're looking at the batter. 
Why do we want to see that? You never see that on any given pitch, especially a big pitch like this inning that is happening here. And then all of a sudden you got, you just see the home plate umpire. Go, oh, oh, he got the sign from the second place umpire. Oh, pointing the home plate. That's a balk. They had no idea what it was. And we didn't get a chance to see the replay until after the fact. It, it, was, it was just poor, poor television coverage. Can you, can poor you, announcing too. Can you challenge a balk? Like, could no. Dusty have, no, no, can't, can't challenge box. Okay. Yeah, it's, yeah, and he was mad. Oh, man. Oh, you could tell. Talk about the emotional roller coaster. And if you watched the Grand Slam by Bregman, that was phenomenal. So Dusty is sitting next to Alvarez, all right, who's injured, right? And so what happened is, now Alvarez, and we didn't know this until, like, you know, after the fact. And again, you're kind of putting two and two together and talking to Dusty, this is what happened. So the Alvarez says, He's going yard here, Skip. And Dusty goes, man. He goes, I don't know how you know that. He goes, but man, that, that would be sweet. And then Bregman goes, grand salami. And then the cameras catch this in the dugout. And Dusty looks at Yordan and is like pounding his chest. And he goes, what? He takes off his hat, undo, starts to undo his, uh, his, uh, uh, shirt. It says, you take over. You're the manager. You called that, baby. You called that. And they're fist pumping. They're high-fiving. And Dusty like took off his hat. And Jordan is taking his like water bottle. Like, ah! And there's like this jubilation in the dugout. It was pretty cool. It was pretty freaking cool. So you got that emotion. And then you get that to lose a game on a balk like that. That maybe wasn't a balk. Crazy stuff. That's baseball. But the Astros did win the... Uh, the final game of the series last night uh, as underdogs. But the Dodgers do take two out of three. And uh, that was crazy, too, because last night Houston went 6-5 to five in 11 innings. They blew a 4-1 lead. And again, Dodgers, three runs, bottom of the eighth again. Man, there's a rivalry with those two teams, and it's probably for the wrong reasons, but two fantastic teams. The two winningest teams in Major League Baseball since 2017, the Dodgers and the Astros. So, uh, yeah, very entertaining series. We'll talk more about that uh, for the man who covered it down in L.A. with uh, Arash Bakazi will join us next hour. But when we come back, Paul Buckpower Stewart in England. We had English baseball. Well, no, we had Major League Baseball in England, the Cubs and the Cardinals. Got some thoughts on that. Hang tight for that. We'll get Buckpower's purview with that, plus a whole lot more coming your way here on this magnificent Monday. Turn your head and cough. Here's the doctor, T.C. Martin. You ain't seen nothing yet. Rock and roll is alive in Britain, my friends. That's what I'm talking about. Paul Buckpower Stewart joins us from across the pond late at night. He is uh, dancing the night away. Paul Buckpower Stewart, what do you know about Bachman Turner Overdrive? They had a big hit with that over here in 1975, and it was also used in a British sitcom. It's a very famous song. Good afternoon, TC. Good afternoon, Numbchuck. Good afternoon, everybody in Vegas and Nevada from London, England. Pop it up, Numbchuck, because you ain't seen nothing yet. Yeah. <laughs> so you're talking about being video. You can see butt power going to town right now. One of my all-time favorites. I love a little PTO. All right, Buck Power, we got a lot to get to here today. Well, hey, since you brought up music and everything, now, word has it that 
did you see Lionel Richie over there? And I know you mentioned Pet Shop Boys are coming uh, uh, very, very soon. Have you experienced either one of those yet? So, yeah, Lionel Richie was a couple of weeks ago. He was playing a live concert down here in the southwest of England. He's 74 years old. He was absolutely brilliant, TC. It was one of the best gigs I've been to. And Wednesday night, I'm going to see the Pet Shop Boys at the same venue. They're the last of my 80s bands that were on my bucket list. I've seen everybody else from Adam and the Ants to the Boomtown Rats to Spandau Ballet, Culture Club. Seen them all. Now I'm finally ticking off the Pet Shop Boys on Wednesday. I love it. I love the Pet Shop Boys, little West End girls. Hopefully they do like a 20-minute version of West End girls. You, you have to report back to us on that one now. I will do indeed. I'll post you some pictures up on social media. I'm really looking forward to that one. That's going to be one of, one of the best gigs I've, I've looked forward to for many years. Now, Buck Power mentioned Spandu Ballet. Now, back in my old DJ days, all right, I would play Spandu Ballet true, okay? That was the only song that I ever Knew they did, Buck Power. I don't even know how they can conduct a concert unless you telling me they've had multi-hits. But here in the States, I mean, that was it. It was only True. Yeah, True was the number one hit over here in 83. That was their only number one. They had many other top ten hits, songs like Gold, Through the Barricades. They were one of the great sort of early 80s new romantic bands that came along with bands like Duran Duran, ABC, Human League. Spando were really good. Now, they've now split up. They'll, they'll never play again. But they were, they were a great band. I was, I'm glad I saw them a few years ago as well. So what concerts have you seen in the United States? Or when you come usually to Tampa, do you, you probably don't even have time to go to concerts, but uh, can you recall any, any concerts in the States you've seen? No, the only ones I could say I've been to would be the halftime show at the Super Bowl where I was so close to the front I could see up Shania Twain's skirt. <laughs> and how was that view for you? Uh, it was interesting. I was more concerned about getting back to the second half of the game. So the Bucks are going to win the Super Bowl, TC. Oh, too funny. Wait, that was more. That was more important to you than Shania Twain. Shania Twain. What, yeah. 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 I had my priorities right there, Numchuck. <laughs> so we had baseball this uh, past weekend in England, as you know. Now, Numchuck, I don't know. I'm just going to say this on the air here. Our t- our Tim Kirchin audio. Do we have our Tim? Can we play our Tim Kirchner audio with, with Buck Power on here or not? Does technology allow us to do that? Have you ever been to a baseball game? I've never been. To, I've like seen parts of it on TikTok, but I've never like properly been to a baseball game before in my life. Do you know anything about baseball? I know very, very little. I mean, I've, I've watched Moneyball. Do you even know what baseball is? Yeah, definitely. I do know what it is. Do you know who Tim Kirchin is? He's a very tall, very handsome man, lives in the United States. <laughs> no, 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 I don't know. No, 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 not at all. All right, I was kidding. All right, thank you. Tim Kirchin on uh, ESPN, and uh, they're broadcasting this th- these games. Buck Power, I, by the looks of uh, you, I could tell that uh, you weren't happy about that little soundbite. No, I mean, I have a lot of respect for Tim Kirchin. I listen to him on Buster Olney's podcast every week, and I had a lot of respect for him. A piece like that is insulting because he's been told by his ESPN producers to go out, find a couple of random people in the street who probably have got no idea about baseball and pretend that's what the whole of Britain thinks. Mm-hmm. It would be like me walking down the strip in Vegas, asking a couple of people, oh, what do you know about Premier League soccer? And because they don't, can't name all the teams, immediately assuming everyone in America can't do it either. That is cheap 
appallingly bad journalism, and I've got a, I've lost a lot of respect for ESPN for even doing that. Yeah, I know what you're saying with that. And again, it's it's kind of too cute, and this is what they like to do. Um, well, let's talk about baseball in London. All right, so yeah. we, we we had the Cubs and the Cardinals. We had two games. Uh, Cubs won the first game. What was it nine to one? And then we had the Cardinals win seven to five y- yesterday. Now here's the question: We know how much you love baseball, Buck Power, and you're an icon. You know, back in England, I, I know you play. I- Did you have anything to do with this? Did you have something to do with Major League Baseball bringing baseball to England? Well, back in the day, I was very involved in British baseball. So we've had baseball in Britain for over 140 years. The first British final took place in 1890. And in fact, in 1870, the Boston Red Stockings and the Philadelphia Athletics came to the UK to play exhibition games. So this by far definitely wasn't the first time baseball had been on this side of the Atlantic. But it it isn't like a niche sport, just like you'd have soccer leagues in Nevada. We've had baseball here in the UK. And I played for 14 seasons in the British League. In 1988, I called the British final alongside Ernie Banks, Mr. Baseball himself from Cubs days. I I called the game with him. I didn't call the following year because I was playing in it. Uh, My team lost in the final to the Enfield Spartans. So baseball is big in the UK. And just like we've talked in the past about how the NFL games in, in London, or a celebration of the NFL, and everyone comes to watch. That is what happened with these two baseball games. There were 55,000 people at a converted soccer stadium. It was the Olympic Stadium where we had the, the 2012 Athletics Olympics, and it's now owned by, used by West Ham Football Club. It was packed out. The tickets sold out immediately. It was a huge celebration of baseball. And like we said again in the past, if you had a Premier League soccer game in Vegas, every soccer fan in Nevada would come to be part of it. It's that kind of huge celebration that we were doing this weekend. And it was a great success, apart from the four people Tim Kirchin interviewed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so the history of baseball there in England. Now, we we know that... Um, we know what your national pastime is. We, we get that. It, it's soccer. We've talked about cricket before. All right. Is, is there, I mean, what, how popular really is this game and the people that are attending these games? I mean, were they mostly Americans? Were they English people? Did they understand it? Yes, they were all British baseball fans. Now, this is where the internet has made the world a smaller place. You can now watch any sport you want anywhere around the world. So if you want to watch Aussie rules football in Nevada, if you want to watch Indian Indian Premier League cricket in LA, you can do it. So I've been a baseball fan for, for nearly 40 years. You know, I love the game. I watch every Rays game. I play fancy baseball. I love it. But the 55,000 people who were there on Saturday and 55,000 yesterday, they were all real baseball fans. Just like the people who go to the NFL games are real NFL fans. They knew what was going on and they loved it. And it's it's just the same as if you put a soccer game into Vegas, everyone would come and watch it and they would know what was going on because they're fans of the sports TC. Mm -hmm. So where is the popularity right now of baseball, do you think, there? 
It's a niche sport, TC. It's in terms of the American sports, the NFL is number one, basketball is two, baseball is three, hockey is four. And they will never ever compete with the big sports. You know, soccer is king over here. We're now in the summer. Cricket is everything. England are playing Australia in a five-match series. Australia won the first game. That is really taking over the world. If Numchuck, if you're supporting Australia, me and you are going to fall out pretty quickly <laughs> because you've got to support England. It, it's you know you've got the big sports that you have, like you have your four big sports, and you have other sports that fit in and a niche around that. And that's the same for baseball over here. It will always have games on TV. People could watch it via internet subscriptions, but it's never going to take over from one of the main sports, just like soccer or cricket or rugby is never going to take over from your big four sports in, in America. So is Major League Baseball, Did were they solely doing this because of what the NFL has done and bringing those games there because I'm just tr- just trying to figure because we okay sure NFL Major League Baseball I don't know what's more popular I'm thinking foot NFL is probably more popular neither one is is a British sport or has any British ties whatsoever but I mean why is did Major League Baseball all of a sudden decide hey let's go to England. Well, I think yeah, the NFL was very successful, TC. They started doing pre-season games in the 80s and then regular season games in 2007. Basketball has taken games to other countries. Hockey has done it. They've done international series games in hockey. So this was the next step. And now a very good friend of mine, John Boyd, who runs British Baseball, I've played against him and been friends with him for many years. He was instrumental in lobbying with Major League Baseball. Look, you've seen how successful this has been for the other sports. Why don't you do it? Now, it's a lot easier. When you when you take an NFL game, you're giving up one of eight home games in a season, which is hard on the home fans. With baseball, you've got 81 home games. So it's a lot easier. They took one Cubs home game, one Cardinals home game so it was a much easier sell to to the visiting fans to go and do that one so yes it was really successful and and like I say Major League Baseball is just following on from what all the other sports are doing and going international because when you sell merchandise it doesn't matter if you sell merchandise in in Tampa in LA in St. Louis or in London it's still revenue going back to Major League Baseball. All right Paul so I'm going to go on my little I'm going to go one day early with my terrible Tuesday you know takes here because and this has nothing to do with you whatsoever, but it is somewhat uh, appalling to a certain degree for uh, um, Major League Baseball. I mean, even say NFL. I do not like this, and I know there are a lot of fans in America that the exact same thing do not like taking our sports over there. And the baseball thing really irks me. I mean, football, I don't like it at all. The players don't like it at all. The the coaches have no one likes it at all, and fans don't like it. And you know the history, all right? It started with teams like the Jacksonville Jaguars and the Tennessee Titans and, and teams, you know, in the Raiders when they were in Oakland where they couldn't sell out. Uh, and the only reason the NFL started doing this so the owners can make more money. All right. And try to go global and they don't take into consideration the fans. Well, now with Major League Baseball, you're doing the exact same thing. And sure, granted, you have 81 home dates. Okay. It's a long season, 162 games overall, but to take a Cubs Cardinals game, which is really, I mean, it, it's, this is like a religious sort. You know, it's, it's like Yankees and Red Sox. It's the exact same thing. To take away a couple home games from either one of these teams, that is sacrilegious. It is ridiculous to do that. And 
I know that 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 fans in those cities are very upset about this. If you're gonna, you know, experiment and you want to take a regular season Major League Baseball game, then then do it with the Tampa Bay Rays. Do it with some of these other bases, you know, like the A's, where fans, okay, so what? It's not that big a deal. I don't think it should happen at all. You should never take away teams' home games to go play another country for the sole purpose of making Major League Baseball and their owners money. It doesn't do a damn bit of good for the fans of these teams. I totally and utterly agree with you, TC. And I've said this for many years about the NFL games, um, that it's unfair on the, on the fans to lose one of eight home games. Now, And that's why I've always said you don't need to have multiple games in London. Just play one a year, and then every few years you go and do it. Now, the one thing I will say, TC, is there were quite a lot of Cubs and Cardinal fans who flew over to be part of the whole experience. So it wasn't just, you know, you've got their season ticket holders, they're going to games at Wrigley Field and, and Bush Stadium but here they've had a chance to hey what well, do you know what let's get on a plane let's go across to great London a great city we can see our teams play two games it becomes a whole package now that would that is a selling point so that's where because they've got 81 home games I don't see that being too much of a problem but I totally get it for the NFL teams and I've, as I say I've said it on this show many times and I've said it on British TV and got castigated by my producer for saying it that I think it's unfair that so many times teams come to London to play games one is enough but it is a part of promoting the sport around the world so I will have to take slightly the other side I see what it means to the fans to have these sports come here yeah but you gotta remember Paul that uh, Bill Murray made the trip there right all right so you don't have season ticket holders that have the that have Bill Murray's money that will come over there as you know that's an expensive you know, trip and, you know, to come for a couple games. And yeah, majority of, of those fan bases are not doing that whatsoever. I mean, that's it. So again, especially Cubs Cardinals. I mean, those are coveted games. And, uh, you know, now Major League Baseball is, is kind of expanding where, okay, now everyone gets to play everybody, but still, I mean, these games mean so much with, you know, within the division like that. I don't know. I, I, I don't like it. I've heard a lot of other people talk about that, that, okay, you know, if you're going to do these games in other countries, you know, just b- involve some other teams. But let's be honest. I mean, really, what is it all about there? I mean, it's all about making the owners money. How is this good for Major League Baseball? How is it good for those fan bases? How is it good for those players? I mean, it, it's really not. And so for for people to say, or Major League Baseball to think, hey, this is a great thing. We expect the Players Association and everyone else to buy into this. I mean, it's a joke. You're insulting the intelligence of the players and the, and the rapid true fan bases. I do totally get I do get your point there. But there's one thing you've got to remember, TC. What kind of person flies across the Atlantic to watch a couple of sports games once a year? Oh, you're talking to one, right? I know. Here. I was going to say that, too. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, but still, it's only one for you. I mean, you could come and see the Lightning or the Rays, but that's some pretty deep pockets over there for you. Yeah, I must admit, I'm waiting for the NHL schedule to come out right now so I can try and time a Buccaneer home game with a couple of Lightning games. Because, I mean, at the moment, I've heard this rumour going round that the Stanley Cup currently doesn't reside in Florida. I've heard it somewhere (laughs) near where you are. That's true, but it does visit all parts of the country, my friend, you know? I mean, players can take it uh, wherever they want. That's right. The Vegas Golden Knights. Paul Buck Power Stewart joins us from English. All right. So, Paul, when I say Guilford Mavericks, what does that mean to you? 
The Guilford Mavericks. They were the team that I ended my career playing with, and I was player manager of the team. And in 1999, we had an undefeated 17-0 season, and yours truly was named British Baseball's Manager of the Year. It just goes to show anyone could be successful as a manager. Now, you know one great manager, Dusty Baker. I guess now you know two. <laughs> this is too funny. <laughs> oh, my goodness. 14-year career for you, right? Uh, you won 47 games. I mean, Paul McPower Stewart, he knows his own stats. Do I, do I know what the ERA is? What is the ERA? Uh, the career ERA yeah, for you? 3.24? It was No, it was just north of six in my career. <laughs> what I do have is I did end up with getting just over 400 strikeouts. Up on my shelf, I have my strikeout, my 400s. The ball for my 400 strikeout. Mm. But what you've got to understand, TC, is I, you know, my fastball wouldn't even get a speeding ticket going down the interstate. <laughs> but I played a good, you know, a good enough level. Um, I mean, I once, I once beat a double A pitcher in a, in a head-to-head match. You know, it was it was a lot of fun. I enjoyed the game. And just like you've got people out there who play soccer, they're you know in leagues and they play at their own level. I loved playing baseball because you know I loved the game. I played cricket when I was at school. I, I loved playing baseball. Baseball. I started off as an outfielder, was in the GB squad, as we've talked about in the past, and then became a pitcher, and I ended my career in 2000. I, I loved every moment of it, and I say, if the body was still willing, I'd be out there doing it now. Do you have a baseball card? I do actually have one, <laughs> yes. I had to make, Hey, make Paul Buttonpower Stewart baseball face. card in England. This is how popular this man is. It's how successful no, he was. This- this one was done when I was in Tampa. They made one up. I've actually had a tryout for the Tampa Bay Rays in 1998. Wait. When I was there, it was their first season. So it was a bit of a publicity stunt. Hey, we've got a British guy coming in. So I was throwing, warming up, throwing as hard as I could. You know, it was just about 80 miles an hour, which is as hard as I could throw. And the manager, the late Larry Rothschild, came over and he said, OK, Paul, now you've finished warming up, show us your fastball. I went, that was it. And he went, well, thanks very much for coming. Enjoy the beach. <laughs> now, now, were you uh, f- uh, practicing and throwing baseballs on the side of a two-lane highway with the uh, you know, the speed sign? And were you taking a, a baby stroller and, a, and changing diapers at your tryout with the Rays? And you know what I'm referring to, right? Dennis Quaid, the rookie. One there of the greatest films I've ever seen. I know my baseball <laughs> films, TC. I love that film. That's buck power. I mean, that's it. That is Buck Power right there, trying out for the Rays. Oh. It, well, it, it, was, it was a bit of fun. As I said, I, I knew the level I could play. I really enjoyed it. Um, but as I said, I, I retired, and I now stick to playing golf because I'm getting old, TC. I wonder, now, Dennis Quaid actually, uh, was, was, he, was he actually throwing those baseballs? Did they get a double for him? Or did he, would he do uh, you know, uh, CGs, and was that computer generated? That's what I want to know, Paul. No, I think from what I remember, because I mean, I, I did a whole program on British, on British radio about baseball films, and I know that Charlie Sheen was throwing in the 80s when he was playing in Major League. He really could pitch, and Dennis Quaid could as well. He, you know, he could throw, obviously not in the 90s, but I mean, when it comes to the worst ever baseball player on film, it's Tim Robbins in Bull Durham. <laughs> Has anyone ever looked so bad as a pitcher as Tim Robbins? And what about Brendan Fraser? I don't think he was much better, was he? 
No, not a loss. And then again, I mean, we nearly had our British Prime Minister, Rishi Sunak, was going to throw out a first pitch of the Washington Nationals game, but he got out of it. But, uh, incidentally, this past weekend, we had the top two cricketers from Australia and England, Nathan Lyon and Jimmy Anderson, throwing out the first pitch. And Jimmy Anderson's one of the greatest bowlers in cricket history. He said he was absolutely scared bleep, 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 because he was scared of going to miss, miss doing it. He was so glad just to get the ball into the catcher's glove and get out of there. Well, remember, none of those actors uh, had anything on Jackie Earl Haley. Remember that. Greatest baseball movie of all time, Paul Buck Power Stewart. Kelly Leak for the Bad News Bears. That's right. Oh, that, yeah. Nobody I, hit I, like I, Kelly Leak. Long, long time ago since I saw that. Uh, to be honest, to me, the greatest baseball film is Major League. No, I, if, if I want to get cheered up, I just put that on. It always cheers me up with Bob Yucca. All right. Final thing, Paul. Uh, do I hear that uh, our Las Vegas Aces made it on British television? What is that story? Yes, you did. So last Wednesday, they um, one of the British sports channels, I was just flicking through the channels, and it came up. Las Vegas Aces against Phoenix Mercury, they were started showing women's basketball, the league. They're going to show one game a week on British TV. So now what I'm looking forward to is waiting to see a game played in L.A. so I can see the legendary radio reporter down there on the sideline. I want to see you on British TV, TC. There you go. I mean, you could basically see it if you could tune into uh, any game. I'm usually in that uh, that camera spot there. Paul, so uh, that's that's interesting that they actually did that. That was a day game here, so probably because of the uh, the nighttime, it was in prime time for you. So interesting. I think what they did, I think they showed it was like it was showed as live. So I think mm. it's a case that because the NBA season's finished, they want to keep the interest going. So they decided to show some of the women's game, which is fantastic, and I'm all for that. But I just think it was fantastic that the the the, the Vegas Aces were the very first team who got outstanding as they should be, Paul. The defense. Any champions, twelve and one, baby, and you—you you stay tuned. As I know you're getting ready to go night night, and you can hear my conversation with Asia Wilson, the MVP, the Defensive Player of the Year, the five-time All Star, the face not only of the Aces, Paul, but uh, the face of the WNBA as well too. So we appreciate you uh, following us here. I think that's fantastic, but twelve and one's not quite as good as my record as a baseball manager, <laughs> seventeen and zero. So they have to they have to take second place to me tonight, TC. Oh, and Asia Wilson does not have a baseball card as well, not yet. All right, brother. I think it's fantastic. I say I, I, I want to see you know that sport and the league. I want it to be successful and continue. And I think it's yeah. great that they they're playing. A, they're not going head to head with the NBA. They're running their season sort of you know outside of it, which gives them a chance to get the focus and the attention. So long may Vegas succeed because uh, okay, you've got a hockey team, you know. You might get a baseball team. It's good to see you getting you're getting as almost as much success as Tampa Bay now. <laughs> Next time we have you on, we'll talk British Open. We'll talk Wimbledon. We'll talk more concerts for you. Take care, my friend. Appreciate uh, you joining us. Thank you very much, West End girls. We'll say good night. You got that right. One of my all-time favorites. Back in the TC and the Soul Patrol days. Oh yeah, here we go. We come back, you hear from Asia Wilson, we'll talk more aces, Arash Makazi and Mo! Ladies and gents, this is the moment you've waited for. Live in the entertainment capital of the world. Aces with love stop. Picked up by Gray. She can go coast to coast. There's three. There's two. She's going to launch from three. Chelsea Gray for three. Unbelievable. 
the T.C. Martin Show. Jackie's got it. Ace has got numbers. Three on two. To Plum for three. KP, ring it up. Boom, shaka, waka, waka, boom. It's time to get your daily prescription from the doctor. T.C. Martin. To Bay. She's open for three. She sees it. She's got the bucket. One, two, three times for Bay Bay. T.C. Martin. And you got that right. Money won't change it. Raquana. Bay Bay Williams. This is the greatest show. The ball is in the air. The Las Vegas Aces have won their very first WNBA championship. The doctor is now in. Welcome back. Hour number two. You will hear from the reigning MVP, Defensive Player of the Year. And just named captain again, Asia Wilson, for the All-Star Game here in Vegas on July the 15th. Talk to Asia Wilson. Get ready for tonight's game as the Aces take on the Indiana Fever. The second of back-to-back games here where the Aces were victorious, 101-88 on Saturday night. And Aces in action again tonight, 7 p.m., at the Michelob Bolt Arena, 6.30 pregame show. If you're not going to the game, you can join me and hear from Becky Hammond, Asia Wilson as well, too. 6.30 ESPN, 1100, 100.9 FM down the dial. And uh, again, this hour we talk about the three all-stars from the Las Vegas Aces. The starters were announced yesterday. That would be Asia Wilson, Jackie Young, and Chelsea Gray. And Asia, the uh, leading vote-getter, Again, with over 95,000 votes from fans. All right, so we talk some aces uh, this hour, plus a whole lot more coming your way. Again, you miss any part of the show, go to the website, check it all out at tcmartinshow.com. Our interviews, the uh, past shows under the podcast section, all there for you. All right, let's bring in our next guest. And uh, we go from uh, London, England, where we talk a little Cubs Cardinals to... We go to L.A. where we'll talk a little Astros and Dodgers and and a guy who covers the WNBA as well, too. He's a he's always a face here at, at Aces Games. Arash Makazi joins us. Arash, what's going on, brother? Not much. Uh, we're very excited to head back out there for Summer League and All-Star Weekend and all that good stuff. Yeah, all the above. And I know you'll catch some Aces Games uh, here as well. For sure. No, I mean, they, 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 I, 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 I hope... That you know, we 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 get some good games. I I I I'd be curious to know what you think. If, if you like the blowouts, because even the game that I saw you at, it was very close for the first half, and then the next thing you know, you look up and the Las Vegas Aces are up by twenty some odd. <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah, I I do have you know like when um, you're doing broadcasting and like with Major League Baseball, you got to like fill some story time stuff. You know, with basketball, you don't have to do that because you, you've got the action. You know, pretty fast and furious, but. Yeah, when you're leading by 20, like an entire half, sometimes you got to get a little creative. You know what I mean? To your point. Yeah. So, but yeah, it's just, you know, that's how good this team is, though. I mean, this team just that's is, amazing. is that good. I mean, you know, when you have, you know, basically five all stars on your team and, you know, more than that, though, the way this team gets along, the chemistry, uh, and the way they play, it, it really is kind of, you know, reminiscent or resemblance of, that Warriors 73 win team, uh, as well. When you have, you know, just great players sharing the basketball, you know, all buying into the common good. And that's what you have with the Aces. 
But, you know, the great thing about that and what I appreciate it is historical greatness. And I think that's what you're getting with this. So, yeah, I mean, you know, generally speaking, sometimes you want to watch a good game. But I think, you know, and I'm sure you do as you watch these games courtside, is what we're seeing is historically great. I think by the end of the season and hopefully by the end of the postseason, I mean, this team will go down of as one of, if not the greatest teams in WNBA history. Mm-hmm. Now, your LA Sparks, I watched them over the weekend, got a couple victories over Dallas. I mean, we know that they're in rebuilding mode and Kurt Miller's over there, but uh, you got the uh, Wilma K sisters both p- played this past weekend. Thought that was kind of cool. And of course, Derek Amby, um, she's playing well. This team is playing a little bit better, but is there much, you know, hope or love for this Sparks team at all, Arash? Well, you know, Curtis Miller is what gives me hope. I think for a while that they, maybe because they're in Los Angeles, you know, they they tried to go after the former Los Angeles Laker, who can also be the head coach of the team. But in Curtis Miller, you know, they they have a a, a proven uh, coach. Um, you know, this they've just had tough stretches. You know, for example, like the Minnesota Lynx go one and seven against the rest of the, the league with their thirty and zero against the Sparks. So luckily for them, they got to Dallas. They won the back-to-back games against them. Um, the talent's just not there, though. TC. I mean, it's they they you know obviously everyone well know they they have one of the best players in the league, but uh, you know just generally speaking, um, the talent's not there. But the reason that I bring up. Curtis's name is that is that I know the foundation will will be in place. I mean, just I, I was a big fan of him when he was with the Sun, and and those teams were always solid teams. And um, so while this season may not be their year, and my goodness, if you're if you're not in Las Vegas, I don't know if it really matters. I do think the future of this team is especially bright. Mm-hmm. Rosh Mikazia joins us down in LA, the Sporting Tribune, and uh, you mentioned the NBA Summer League. Well. The talk, obviously, is Victor Wembayama, the number one overall pick, goes to the San Antonio Spurs. And, you know, there was a lot of talk, you know, if he was going to represent his country in France, you know, at uh, the World Championships. And it sounds like, as of now, that he is actually going to bypass that. And I think the Spurs had something to do with that as well. They don't want him to get hurt. Uh, you know, before we talk Summer League and that sort of thing, just talk about the the pick of the Spurs and the fit with him. But, you know, right now, you know, the talk is about, you know, him not playing for his country. And I know that, that people in France will be very upset about that and, and his teammates as well, too. Yeah, I mean, it's amazing what the NBA Summer League has become. I mean, the league has really planted their flag up in Las Vegas and made it one of their 10-pole events in terms of all the activations and all, all the events and festivities going around uh, that week. Um, and they, I think teams really make it a point. And the, and the one example that teams constantly make is LeBron played in it, Kobe played in it, you should play in it too. It's like there's no one who's that big who they can't play in this. And again, you know, there's an importance in uh, playing for your country. And I know a lot of players want to do that. But I think once you've been selected by the Spurs, um, and clearly from night one when he goes out with Tim Duncan and Ginobili and Tony Parker, it's like you're in the league now. And, you know, the, the first step to your a journey is playing in the NBA Summer League, and the hype around Las Vegas around that game is going to be absolutely incredible. Um, so I'm looking forward to it. I was a little concerned for a while when it didn't look like he was going to play, but he will play, and the hype TC around that game is going to be incredible. 
You know, it will, Arash, and we had the exact same thing, you know, last year with the top uh, two picks, and then it becomes kind of a disappointment. And I love the yeah. NBA Summer League, it, it, you know, but I want to know how you view this. I mean, as a fan and also as a journalist and, and, a, and a person in the media who covers it, you know, I view the Summer League as, hey, it's a, it, it's like the state fair. You get to come out, you get to walk around, you get to see a whole bunch of games, and, you know, some of the action may not be that great. You may not know, know probably 85% of the players because they're first and second year guys. They're guys that are, are trying to make a roster. And for the most part, most of these guys that are on this team will not be on that particular team uh, for their NBA season that starts in October here. So I'm very curious, how do you view the Summer League? Well, it really depends on what you do and where you're at in your career, whether you're a journalist, whether you're a scout, whether you're a GM, whether you're uh, you know, someone who just wants to get involved in the business. I always say it's a little bit like if you want to get into movies, go to Park City, go to Sundance, just walk around that first weekend, and like everybody's there. And so it's a little bit like Summer League, where I think Summer League is July 7th to the 17th, but make no mistake about it, that that, that first week is when you want to be there. Sorry, the first, you know, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, where, listen, you can kind of, uh, there's like a handful of hotels where they basically work, work Will will be at whether it's you know the Cosmo, the Win, and Resorts World, and, and, and things like that, where you're just going to see uh, you know coaches, teams, and then again, uh, TC. It's also the players like LeBron is usually courtside at a couple of the games, and Anthony Davis and Jimmy Butler, and you know like a who's who's list. And again, they're usually there that 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 first weekend, and now the, 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 the uh, NBA is going to have a convention there. Where, you know, they bring together pop culture and like entertainment. And so it's continued to grow. It will continue to grow. But that's what I, I kind of tell people. Like it's a very unique event where it's not, you know, if you go to, um, different events throughout the year, you, you may see someone at the NBA Summer League with all the teams being there and all the GMs, all the front offices and all the scouts. I mean, it, it, you're going to see someone. So again, whether you're young in the industry, you want to get involved. Go out there, uh, and certainly if you do what, what, what I do, you, you have to go there. So it's an incredible event, but I totally agree with what you're saying. If you're buying a ticket to an event, go to one of the first games, like the first weekend. But by the time you really get to the championship game, TC, you're, you're, you're talking about players on teams that you're not going to see in the league. And that's unfortunate. Right. Exactly. All right. NBA Summer League uh, coming up here starting in a couple weeks and always a, a festive time there at the uh, Thomas and Mac uh, Center. Uh, let's change gears a, a little bit here, Arash, and let's talk about some baseball. We had a, a pretty interesting series over the weekend down in your neck of the woods at Chavez Ravine with the Dodgers and the Astros. I know that was that game, uh, that series was really circled uh, a long time ago because you know the two winningest teams basically this, since 2017. Of course, Dodger fans still hate the Astros, but it was a great series, and you had three fantastic emotional roller coaster type of games over the weekend. I don't know if you attended any of those games or watched them, but I was curious about your take about the Dodgers Astros series. 
I watched them, and they were all dramatic. They were all fine. The Dodgers won two or three, which is good for them. I mean, they've kind of struggled this uh, season. But, yeah, I mean, the, the uh, drama will always be there uh, when these two teams meet up. And, again, a lot of the characters and a lot of the players who were on the, the uh, two teams back in 2017, of course, are no longer here. But some of the key guys are. So, listen, yeah, of course, the Dodgers fans are always going to boo Houston. Uh, but it was a fantastic series, like you said, drama field comeback. Bolts, uh, just, uh, just, it, it was fantastic. And so, um, listen, with the, with the Dodgers, you know, these, these past few years and really like over the past 10 years, for example, I mean, I've always come into the season very confident that they're going to win close to 100 games, win the division, compete for a World Series. That, that really wasn't the case this year. That being said, I mean, I really enjoyed seeing a lot of the good young players on this team who, again, they, they may not win a, championship this year they may not go to the world series this year but i think we're, we're we're beginning to see some players play for the first time this season that that will be huge for this team in the coming years freddie freeman gets his uh 2000s career hit uh you know back-to-back doubles there and again uh you know part of a fantastic uh you know game yesterday even though the uh the dodgers lost that game to the astros but again you know the night before uh you know freddie freeman was a big part of that comeback uh, victory here. Talk a little bit about, about Freeman and Betts. I mean, you look at that top of the order. It is very, very scary. And, and how long do you think that those two guys will be there to basically carry the Dodgers? How many years, uh, do you see them, uh, playing in LA? That's a great point. I mean, Lookie Betts, for example, is not the same player he was when he came here. You know, he's, he's not as quick. He's not as fast, but they're, they're both incredibly great. But Freddie Freeman in particular is having an incredible season. And, you know, and generally speaking, when you go and you sign, uh, one of the top guys in the league and with Mookie Betts, they, you know, they brought him to the team in that big trade, uh, after the Boston Red Sox beat the Dodgers in the World Series. And then Freddie Freeman, of course, with Atlanta when they won the World Series. You know, sometimes those moves don't pan out. I mean, sometimes you go and you're bringing in a guy and he's not a good fit. Both of these guys, just the culture, uh, they, they are really great friends. They, 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 they really set the tone for this team. But Freeman in particular, the season that he's having is absolutely incredible. So, you know, th- those guys in particular, in addition to some other players, um, they give me confidence that this team has a chance to win. You know, you go back a couple of years to Atlanta when they won the World Series or even Washington when they won the World Series. I mean, they weren't as good as the Dodgers are now. I think with the expectation that we place on this team is, you know, listen, they normally win 100 games. They're normally 20 games above 500. I mean, that's not going to be this team this year. But with Freeman and Betts and these young guys, I really think as the season progresses, they have a chance to do something here where maybe they don't win the division. Maybe they go in as a wild card. But maybe by the time that they get in as the wild card, they're kind of hot and they're a team that you do not want to play. You know, the Dodgers do have some young talent. There's no question about that. And again, you talk about the, I don't want to say the aging, you know, superstars, but when you look at, you know, the Dodgers, I, I'm, I'm very impressed. I mean, with guys like, you know, Outman 
and uh, in, in some of the other guys as well, too. I mean, of course, Will Smith. I mean, I think he could be a, a great catcher in this league for many years to come. You know, Bush is a guy that, that has some talent as well, too, and maybe even Rojas to a certain degree. But, uh, you know, I think that those guys have an upside. The Dodgers seem to have a pretty good farm system. But the pitching, I mean, I think that is the biggest question mark and why they're struggling a little bit right now. Wouldn't you agree, Arash? Is this pitching? What yeah. is What is up with this pitching, especially the bullpen? Well, so the bullpen's been the biggest problem because with the starting pitching, that'll get some help as the season progresses. Uh, Julio Urias will come back in a couple of weeks, uh, hopefully maybe by uh, the first week of July, so that'll help. The starting pitching, I'm not as concerned about. The bullpen is it's not just bad, TC. It's historically bad. It's, just, it's probably the worst bullpen that they've had since they've been in Los Angeles, which is really saying something. They've had some really bad pens. And so that's the problem with this team. I mean, you know, during their amazing run, it was always the closer, right? You know, you, you, you get to the ninth and you're up by one run. It's like, oh, man, can you trust Ken Lee Jansen to get the save? But just the pen in particular. I mean, if the starter doesn't give you a six or seven, you're in trouble. So uh, the thing about this team is there's enough talent in the front office has historically said, okay, if we have a chance here, we're going to go in and make a few moves. But the problem with the bullpen is not just the closer. It's, I mean, it's, it's just the whole thing is a dumpster fire. So I, I don't know if there's a quick fix there. You look at the Dodgers right now, and they're looking up in the standings to the San Francisco Giants, and then in first place, the Arizona Diamondbacks. I think that catches a lot of people, you know, by surprise here, Rosh. What is the feeling down there in, uh, in Dodger Town that, uh, the Dodgers are in third place? And again, these two teams, now the Giants, we're used to that rivalry, but what about the Diamondbacks? Is this thing going to last or what? I don't think it's going to last, uh, although, yeah, I mean, it really came out. No, I mean, the biggest surprise here in Southern California is that the, the, the talk the entire offseason going back to the postseason last year in the, the division series was the Padres. Yeah. You know, the Padres, hottest team in baseball. They make all the big moves in the offseason. They won the offseason. They were the favorites to win the division, maybe to win the World Series. Uh, and then for them to have the season that they've had, again, no one's up uh, – a crazy amount. Like I'm, I'm, I'm not again. I didn't pick the Dodgers to win the division. I don't think they're totally out of it. But I'm not saying the Dodgers take any solace out of the struggles of the Padres. But you go to the off season and you go to the way that the Padres really kind of felt that this was their year. I mean, if there's one sort of silver lining, I guess, for the Dodgers is like, shoot, they had no expectations. They had no delusions of grandeur that this was going to be their season. Uh, and the Padres obviously didn't. Look at where the Padres are right now. You know, it's funny to hear you say that because when a team that, like we said, has the most wins of, of any uh, team over the last six plus seasons, you, well, you think they would have, well, of course we're going to win the division again. Of course we're going to win a hundred games again. Uh, you know, especially when you still have a pretty, you know, high price payroll and with Mookie yeah. Betts and, and Freeman. And, and then of course you still got Clayton Kershaw. We know he's not the same pitcher, but I just think that's a, kind of a strange narrative to think that, okay, maybe the Dodgers, you know, it is not going to be their year. And because I, you know, I'm still surprised that the Giants are playing that well and the Diamondbacks are playing that well. But, you know, with San Diego, I mean, 
it is San Diego. Don't we just got to look at them kind of like the Clippers? Like, doesn't matter how much money you spend, you're still the Padres. Yeah, I mean, you could do that. But, like, if the Clippers, for example, if you got Kawhi Leonard and Paul George and on paper one of the best teams in the league, uh, yeah. you know, that that's not the Clippers that I grew up with or that you right. remember. The same thing with the Padres. Like, this is not the Padres of, of like, old, right? I mean, like, the, with the amount that they spent. With the Dodgers, the expectation is always that they're going to be they're going to be competitive. Um, this was the year in particular. Again, for the past ten years, the expectation was uh, win the division, win the league, win the World Series. This was a year where you lose Justin Turner, you lose Trey Turner, you lose Cody Bellinger. You kind of lost a lot of uh, key guys, and you didn't make any moves where. Uh, the expectation was they were going to compete for the division. If they didn't win the division, they were going to make the playoffs. And let's see what happens at that point. But the big thing, and the reason Dodger fans were okay with it, and again, we'll see how this plays out, is Shohei Otani. I mean, that, that, that they, like every move that they made, and like he's not making any crazy big splashes, was Shohei Otani is the guy that they want. Mm-hmm. All right, Arash, uh, how closely have you followed the College World Series? Because it's a winner-take-all game tonight, and these two teams have been fantastic. I think it's I think it's going to be great tonight. I'll tell you what, my uh, first College World Series, I covered USC won twenty-one fourteen in a football score. Wow. Uh, so that's the way. That's the way that this series. Well, I mean, it's been it's been very Doctor Jekyll Mister yeah. Hyde like it says it. But I'm I'm going to be tuned in for sure. I mean, I, I I I haven't watched the entire College World Series, but this year I've definitely been watching. Yeah, I mean, twenty-four to four yesterday, Florida defeats LSU, and then you know LSU wins the one-run extra inning game in Game One on Saturday, and uh, you're right, it's it's very hard to predict uh, when you got these two teams. But man, this is some good baseball, and you've got some top-notch draft picks uh, that are on both of these teams. Great offenses and great pitching, and that's usually. You know, not the case that we can say that, you know, hey, the, the championship game features, you know, top-notch pitchers and top-notch hitters all together. Oh, yeah. I mean, but here's, here's the thing about it is that you just never know what you're going to get in the College World Series. But we're, 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 we're going to have a fantastic game today. And I love when it's a do-or-die situation. Yep. When you got the winner wins. And, and so sometimes in the College World Series where – you have a team that can lose and still win the, the the next day. I love this game three. Yeah. All right, my friend. Uh, appreciate the time as always. Uh, so your next trip to uh, Vegas is that uh, is it summer league all star game? It'll be summer league. I will be uh, there July seventh. All right, brother. We'll look forward to uh, seeing you then. Appreciate the time as awesome. always. I'll see you soon. There Bye. All right, there is Arash Bakazi, the author of the Sporting Tribune. Uh, check him out. Go online, the Sporting Tribune. And, of course, uh, still doing his radio uh, show there in Southern California as well on the, on the, the Mightier 1090. And uh, he's heard in uh, Vegas and also in Hawaii as well, too, as uh, Southern California. But always appreciate to having him on. And, of course, our paths cross a lot um, you know, during uh, these events. Uh, it doesn't matter if it's uh, UFC, if it's boxing or uh, the NBA or the WNBA, uh, he is here uh, in Vegas uh, quite a bit. So always appreciate the time that uh, he can spend with us. All right, uh, continuing on here on uh, this Monday. Again, we've got uh, 
a lot happening. We mentioned the, the College Baseball World Series. Check that out tonight with LSU and Florida. That is a winner-take-all game. LSU is a $1.70 favorite in this game. And if you're into betting and you want some value, uh, the Florida Gators look like some very good value in that game. Very hard to predict. And I have not wagered, believe it or not, on one of these College World Series games. And it's been a little hard to follow, but very, very exciting uh, as well. But uh, yeah, these do-or-die games are fantastic. And I you know, give kudos to college baseball. I mean, it's a long season. And these guys you know, play you know, close to 100 games when it's all said and done. But um, in the tournament itself is long when you get the regionals and the super regionals and you get the double elimination variety. You know, these pitchers are are pretty tired. They're pretty gassed. It'll be interesting to see if LSU goes with their ace uh, tonight because he will be going on three days rest. But, hey, if you're here in a college World Series, do or die game, and this is it. This is your last game. You know all hands are on deck, that old saying, but there's no question that they are going to be ready to go uh, tonight. And so I fully expect uh, Paul Skeens to pitch for LSU tonight. And again, he's you're going to see him in Major League Baseball. You're going to see a lot of these players on Major League Baseball rosters uh, as soon as next season for Florida and LSU. But uh, two SEC teams that have not played each other this year. How strange is that? And they've been, you know, two of the top teams in the country all season long for, so for them not to, uh, to face off, uh, a little bit strange. All right. When we come back, uh, we'll talk aces and the aces are in action again tonight. Uh, part of a five game homestand. They have been rolling. They have been crushing opponents. Uh, they're playing the Indiana fever again tonight. Tip off at 7 p.m. They had uh, a game against the fever the other night at, uh, 6 p.m. At, uh, on Saturday, where the Aces won 101 to 88. A fantastic performance by the Aces in that game. You know, during this five game run, their average margin of victory has been 23 points. They're 12 and 1. Their lone blemish, their lone, lone loss was the last game of that road trip in Connecticut. And lo and behold, who else is coming to town here? Uh, next up, you've got, uh, the New York Liberty. On Thursday night, and then you got the Connecticut Sun coming here on Saturday, and then you got the Dallas Wings. So a great homestand. We always tell people get tickets at access.com, axs.com, and get out there and see the Aces. And uh, also get your tickets for the WNBA All Star Game, which will take place on July fifteenth. So uh, you're seeing the best players in the world. You get a chance to see Brianna Stewart and um, in. Uh, Sabrina Ionescu for the New York Liberty coming up on, on Thursday. But tonight you've got Aaliyah Boston and Aaliyah Boston, the number one overall pick in this draft. She's a rookie. And of course, a lot of comparisons to her and Asia Wilson because they both led their teams to national championships at South Carolina. And I had mentioned, you know, the game the other night that, you know, Asia seemed to have a little extra juice going against Aaliyah Boston because she's hearing the comparisons that, you know, hey, uh, Aaliyah could be as good as Asia. And uh, Asia turned it on uh, the other night with 28 points. Kelsey Plum with 26 points. So when we come back, you're going to hear from the reigning MVP. We're going to also hear from Kelsey Plum in the postgame interview. We're going to throw that in there as well for you. And uh, one of the dynamic plays and one of the dynamic passes that we've seen not only this year, but in a long time. But all that coming up next. 
And there's Boston, gets a pass inside from Hull. She misses, and Parker comes down with a rebound. Outlet pass to Gray. Here come the Aces on the run. Gray behind the back, no look pass to Asia. Oh, whoop de doo Scooby-Doo, look at you! Unbelievable, Chelsea Gray's got everyone on their feet again! Gray to Wilson for the buck, and the Aces up 15. Welcome back, and joining me now is the Aces All-Star for the fifth time, the MVP, the Defensive Player of the Year. The accolades continue to keep on going and going, the one and only Asia Wilson. Asia, what's happening? Hey, nothing happens, DC. We're just here, just trying to get ready for the game. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, right. Nothing happening. Just named an All-Star again for the fifth time in your career, leading vote-getter, team captain again. Does this ever get old? Uh, no, I mean, it's a blessing. I appreciate everybody that voted for me. Uh, we're just here to have some fun and just put, you know, put out some good products, some good entertainment. 95,680 fan votes. Did you realize that? I did not realize that at all. <laughs> all right, so when I say that number, what does that mean to you? Uh, it means a lot. It really means a lot. Uh, they're the reason, all those 95,000 people, uh, the people, the reason why I do what I do and love what I do. So I appreciate everybody for voting for me, and uh, now it's time to have some fun. Obviously, you're one of the best players in this league, but you are also one of the best personalities maybe ever. Seriously. <laughs> How conscious are you of that? Um, I'm kind of in between. Like, my parents uh, raised me to be, you know, a good player, yes, but a phenomenal person. That's what I strive to be every single day. I try to be myself so people can see the transparency of me and understand that I'm human no matter what uniform I have on or no matter what I do. So it's a joy to be who I am. I can tell you that. (laughs) Is that something that you really put an emphasis on to be engaging, bubbly, and just really having this positive persona? Because it's not, I don't want to say it's not the norm, but especially for superstars. I mean, you are kind of one of a kind. Yeah, I do. I do. I take a lot of pride in that because, you know, like without me interacting with my fans or anyone, it it doesn't matter. I would never be who I am today. So I'm always gracious of where I am. I'm always grateful for people that supported me. And uh, I'm just here to just have a good time and enjoy the fun. We know you're the face of this franchise, but you're quickly also becoming the face of the league. And we know that's a great responsibility. How have you been able to handle all of this with seemingly great ease? Uh, I have to credit my teammates. My teammates help me out a lot. Uh, They take a lot of pressure off of me um, always, and I love them for that because... Uh, without them, I wouldn't be who I am. So, I mean, it's it is a hard, it's a lot of pressure. It is, but my teammates really rally together to help up with me. Mm-hmm. All right, speaking of your teammates, let's talk about Jackie Young, Chelsea Gray, fellow All Star starters. I'm sure, and KP. I'm sure we'll be an All Star as well when that's announced coming up this weekend. But talk about having these great teammates and what each of them mean to you. It's a lot of fun. It really is. When we can say that our whole starting five could be all-stars, that's truly amazing. And it's a sign of just a dynasty uh, that we're trying to build here. And, I mean, Jackie's having an awesome year. Chelsea's, I mean, passing the ball incredible. She's having a great year. And KP's, I feel like, is one of the most consistent players ever since, you know, her injury. She's always been getting better, working at it always. So to see them all come up here, I hope I can draft them all to be on my team so we can really have some fun. (laughs) Now, I remember I was talking about this last year, too, as far as, like, a draft strategy or whatever. I know you have a lot of fun with this as well, too, but uh, how much thought process do you put into that and you start looking at these rosters and say, ooh, I'd kind of like to play with this person or maybe I played with them last time. Maybe I don't want them on my team, but I want this one. I mean, let's hear the Asia process. It's a matter of five minutes before those lights come on and I'm looking and I'm like, all right, who's my my roster? And it's my point just to put the team together 
I leave it to my coach. Hopefully, Becky's the coach um, to make it all just to get mesh together. So I, I don't really pay much attention to it. Oh come on! Now who's the real? Now Becky's always saying, "Well, Chelsea's the coach on the floor, All Star." I think you know you're more the coach than maybe Becky or anybody else. I'm just here, I'm, and so far, knock on wood, I have been undefeated in All Star games. So I'm gonna hopefully continue that. <laughs> Asia Wilson joins us. All right, let's talk a little bit about this series with Indiana. Uh, you're going against Aaliyah Boston, uh, and a lot of comparisons have been made with both of you guys for a lot of the obvious reasons. Of course, both South Carolina win a national championship. But I noticed a little extra motivation from you on the floor the other night. You seemed pretty pumped up, revved up. You were fired up. A little something to that? Um, honestly, I didn't like the game that we played at Indiana, so I'm going to try everything that I can to make sure that there's a different result. Um, there's a close game. They're obviously a good team, a lot better than they were last year, so we can't take any plays off, and I have to bring that energy every single possession. So I don't think it's necessarily extra motivation from Aaliyah. Uh, I just come out here and play and hopefully be uh, that energy that my teammates need. We saw you drain your first three-pointer of the season. You yeah, were pretty you were pretty excited about that, weren't you? Yeah, I was very excited. Uh, it took me, what, 13 games uh, to finally <laughs> do something about that. Uh, but I'm going to keep shooting. I, I don't care what my stat may be looking like. Vicky allows me to shoot that yeah. with confidence, and I'm going to do that every single time. But it was definitely a lot of fun seeing it go through the net. The stroke is looking good. So I, Man, yeah, I know. I don't there. know what the problem is. I guess I'm in the weight room too much. I need to relax my, 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 arm, my upper body strength. <laughs> Best record in the league team is really clicking on all cylinders why do you think this team is playing so well uh, because we know our roles we know our roles and we know what it takes for us to win uh, every single game it's not going to be easy people are never out of a game but neither are we and we make it fun so I think we really just dedicate ourselves to just staying within our roles and knowing yeah all of us can go get 20 a 10 but how can we go get the win and that's what it's really all about how do you feel Candace has fit in and what have you noticed about her that maybe you weren't aware of before she became one of your teammates here, whether it's on the court or off the court. Um, I would definitely have to say just she's fitting very well with us. I think we're a rowdy group sometimes, but like we, we welcome people with open arms and we take their personalities as they are. And I think that's something that I didn't think that I, we, we would go well because like Candace is really like who she is through and through. And like we're like, no, we like to get underneath people's skin. We like to like let you have some fun. So to see her open up a little bit, it's definitely been a lot of fun to be her teammate, um, just to play alongside of her, her talking to me every possession, letting me know, because she was in the face of my league uh, always. So for her to guide me through this, uh, it's a lot of fun. You know, when I asked her about that a couple weeks ago after you know the season just got started, she goes, yeah, I didn't realize they were this goofy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think a lot of people don't realize that until they're here. And then they're like, oh, no wonder they have fun. Like, we're really just silly group. So I love that. All right. Uh, just put a put a wrap on this thing here. Uh, you guys are in a great stretch right now. Playing in front of the home fans. Talk a little bit about that. How do you think this team can improve, if that's even possible? Yeah, I mean, we still have a lot to improve still communicating on the defensive end. We play out of our defense. So if we can buckle down on transition D and understand that more, I think that's us. Uh, but it's been a ton of fun just playing in front of this home crowd, finally being home. I feel like we were on the road forever. So we can come back and see our fans and let them see us and entertain them. It's it's a joy to be back home. All right. I noticed you're empty-handed again. I do not see my ruffles. Yeah. I don't know what's up with this. I'm I mean, what, what what excuse am I going to get this time? I'm sorry. I definitely just forgot. You know, I'm locked in, TC. I can't. The chips is like last of our priority list right now. <laughs> I, I understand. I understand. Asia, appreciate the time as Thank always. You. Congratulations. Continue success. Thank you so much. <laughs> Asia Wilson, five-time All-Star in her very young career, leading vote-getter, over 95,000 votes.
insane. And again, always a pleasure talking with her. She is a fan favorite. You come to the games, you see her always with this bubbly smile and this personality. She is just infectious. She's with kids. She's signing t-shirts, autographs. For like post-game interviews, she is the one they have to wait for the longest because she gets gets a Sharpie out. She's signing everyone's T-shirts. She's walking around. She's taking selfies. I mean, that is the best part. One of the best parts about this league when you see the fans, uh, when these players connect with the fans the way they do with these players and especially a superstar like Asia Wilson. And she is a superstar, a bona fide superstar. You talk about Diana Tarazi, you talk about Sue Bird, who just, you know, retired, but current players currently in the game right now. I mean, it is Diana Tarazi, and there's Asia Wilson, Brittany Griner, but she's not just loved like Asia. You know what I mean? Asia and Tarazi isn't loved by all those. They respect her for her game, but when it comes time to, you know, to just put your arms around somebody and say, Ah, uh, I want my picture taken with that person. I want their autograph. I want a selfie. You know, I want their basketball card. And now she, you know, with the, uh, everything is happening with the endorsement deals with AT&T and Ruffles. Again, face of the aces, but the face of the, the WNBA. And she takes that responsibility on with ease. Like we just talked about there with relative ease. And she says, you know, before she goes, it's like, I, I realize it when I got picked number one and I'm going to be the first player of this team in Las Vegas. I'm not going to have that go lightly. I mean, here is a player that could be here her entire career, which you just don't see. It is very cool to see the way she is and still very young, only 25 years old, the way she handles her business herself and her personality and her family. They're amazing. Everybody loves Asia Wilson. Do they let like all these people with the kids come on the court after the game? Not come on the court. Or is no. it kind of, cause I saw like a bunch of them coming up, like and Asia was not that far from them. Right. Yeah. No, they, there's no barricades there and security is pretty cool. So if you have, um, if you obviously, if you're sitting on the floor yeah. or whatever, and they will, they will usually let you come down. They're pretty cool about that. They just don't want to have this, this mass, you know, exodus and she was playing storm the court, but two yeah. babies last week or yeah. the last, but game. a lot it's of those the are pe- thing in the world. A lot of those are people that have uh floor seats or, you know, they are season the, the, tickets, the, game one in the, the VIPs. Too. Yeah. And the VIPs bringing their kids and, and that sort of thing, you know, too. So like, and again, you know, players have. Their children as well too. So you'll see Candace Parker's kids there, Kayla George's kids there. You see Derek Hamby's, you know, uh, child there, you know, all the time there as well too. So, yeah, uh, we'll always, you know, uh, make that moment for them. There's no question about that. All right. So the Aces are playing the Indiana Fever again tonight. We mentioned Asia with the 28 points. Kelsey Plum, fantastic as well too. Now KP, sure, probably a little bit. Uh, I don't want to say hurt, upset. She was the All-Star Game MVP. She will be in the All-Star Game. Don't worry about that. It was announced on Sunday that Jackie Young, Asia Wilson, and Chelsea Gray will all be starters 
for the WNBA All-Star Game. Now, the way this works, it's not East versus West and nothing is anymore. Uh, Asia Wilson's the captain. Brianna Stewart's the captain, just like they were captains last year. They will, uh, they will pick their teams. It'll be interesting to see how Asia picks. You heard her because I don't have any strategy. Just wait for that light to come on and, and go for it there. But she takes it very, very seriously. Uh, she's as a captain, you know, she's undefeated with the, uh, with her all-star teams and, uh, and victories. So Kelsey Plum will be an all-star. The aces may have an opportunity to get five all-stars. Candace Parker would be that fifth, but you got the three starters right now. Kelsey Plum will be in the game and you know, what she'll do what she did last year. She's going to come out firing, try to take MVP trophy back to back. So, cause she's a competitor, but uh very cool thing. And then the best part that the game is here on July 15th. Once again, the aces defeated the Indiana fever on Saturday night, one eleven to 88. Kelsey Plum joined me immediately after the game. As we talked about her fantastic game with 26 points. KP, what's happening? What's up? Can you turn up a little bit? It's hard to hear. Yeah. Just a little bit. Are we good right now? We uh, good? That's good. That's yep, good. That's thank good. you. Thank you. KP, what's happening? <laughs> Not much, CC. How you doing? I'm doing, I'm doing, you're doing better than me. How about this effort tonight? 26 points for you. Um, got involved in just about everything tonight. Nine for 14 from the floor. The three was raining. Tell me what you're feeling out there tonight. Yeah, I was just trying to be aggressive. Uh, really proud of defensive effort, to be honest, but uh, just trying to be aggressive. Um, you know, they're a good team. They're scrappy. Yeah. We're going to see them again on Monday, and I expect the same type of dog fight, you know, and so just really proud of our team. I thought we clamped down defensively when we yeah. need to, and, uh, you know, Chelsea Gray, Jackie Young, like big-time players, Asia Wilson, they just make plays. Yeah. You know, talk about the the di- distribution with you guys. I mean, you see Chelsea with, you know, 12 dimes again tonight. Yeah. Jackie had eight uh, herself as yeah. well, too. Talk about the sharing the basketball. It seems like it has been such an emphasis with you guys. The ball movement has been great, especially the last couple weeks. What, has there been a point of emphasis with that? I mean, I think Coach has been, in, like, emphasizing it all year, uh, mm-hmm. just trying to play the right way, uh, ball finding the open man. You know, I thought I thought we saw the floor really well tonight. I thought we moved really well without the ball. Um, <laughs> man, I'd be like finding people and we get fouled. I'm like, dang, I want an assist too, man. But no, it's great. I'm, I'm proud of our team and that's just growth. You know, you see the growth every game, us getting better. Um, I thought Kia was tremendous defensively. Yep. AC came in and was, uh, you know, very impactful. So um, it was a great all-around team win. People always want to talk about the scoring. They For want sure. to talk about five all-stars, but you're right. Defense. Yep. And I know you guys really clamped down on that and it is a priority with you guys. Tell me why this is such a good defensive team this year. I think our chemistry. I think our chemistry, you know, we really know uh, where each other's going to be. I think that we play really hard. Yeah. You know, people don't talk about it enough. Yeah, we're talented, but we play really hard. I mean, you see it every night. You know, there's just a consistent level of effort, and these these are true pros. You know, people people are battling out there. So it's really cool to see everyone off the bench contributes uh, offensively and defensively, and that's what we're about. KP, go enjoy the win. We'll Appreciate see you Monday. It, thank you, you got it. Thank there you. she is, Kelsey Plum. A fantastic game tonight with 26 points. Phenomenal effort by KP tonight. Nine for 14 from the floor, three for five from three, and five for five perfect at the free throw line. KP, Kelsey Plum. Uh, we're talking about Asia Wilson being everyone's favorite. Kelsey Plum, another one of everyone's favorite. Now, that was Saturday night. The All Star starters were announced on Sunday. So, um, 
you know, she didn't have that, that word, uh, yet. So I know she'll be a little fired up tonight, but she'll be an all-star. So no problem. So I was listening to that game. Yes. Yes. That's an edited version of that. Is that what that is? <laughs> is there something that you cut out? Is there a reason we cut that out? In the beginning, the, well, the interview was the interview. Yeah. That, yeah. that was, yeah. Yeah. No. You're, ta- I, I, you're I talking know about the, the beginning, beginning of that. that interview. The beginning of that interview. That is funny. You bring that up. Sure. I'll, I'll tell you. Well, I, I, I probably just could have left it the the way that it was uh, sent over to me, uh, but I I probably should have left it, but I didn't. So here's what Numchuck's talking about. I know what you're talking about. So we're at the table. If you ever been to the Aces game, so um, I'm between the Aces bench and midcourt. So Chet Buchanan, most people know Chet, you know, longtime radio career, KLUC here in town, whatever. He does the PA announcing in the arena. So Chet, as Kelsey was coming over, and the way this works is we don't go to a break after the game. I might have to start going to the break because it's taking longer for these players to come over because, you know, like Kelsey will go. They're signing autographs. Uh, Darren Waller's there. There's her husband, this and that. They're kissing babies. They're signing autographs, all that sort of thing. So, so we're waiting. And so I'm basically killing time. You know, going over stats and waiting for, because normally by the time the final horn sounds and the aces players throw t-shirts out of the crowd, which they traditionally do, and then they come over. So I got to kill about maybe two, two and a half minutes or something like that. So Kelsey is walking over to me and she's coming from my, my right, the far side. And so if you're watching the game on television, that's from left to right. And then so Chet is there like two or three seats down from me and he stops her and he's going, Hey, Kelsey, he wants to like talk to her and, and give her a fist pound. So what I said was, and this is on the air. I go, yo, Buchanan, I, you can wait till after the post game show before you do that. All right. I love and, it. and he starts laughing. I, I start laughing. Up. I go, KP, let's go. You're done with him. And she was laughing and Chet's laughing. So. I just, yeah, that part got edited out. And another thing. Yes. In that highlight. Yeah. Scooby-Doo. <laughs> I don't know where. I told you, I don't know where these things come from. I mean, Chelsea Gray. I mean, she's, the stuff that she does is like a cartoon. And it just, you know how you say like, okay, so she comes with this behind the back pass, right? Beautiful and, pass. Beautiful pass. Yes. So what's the first thing that comes to your mind? Boom. Like whoop de doo, right? It's like wow, whoop de doo. I mean, it's like whoop de doo sure, behind I mean, the whatever. I don't know, whatever. You know, I don't know. I know you're dying to play it again, aren't you? I Just kinda, so you talk to me. I, I kind of. It was a heck of a pass. It was one of the best highlight reel material. I believe number one on. I think it made sport, sports, sports center's top sports 10. Center. Yeah. I mean, just phenomenal. And there's Boston gets a pass inside from Hull. She misses and Parker comes down with a rebound. Outlet pass to Gray. Here come the aces on the run. Gray behind the back. No look pass to Asia. Oh, whoop-de-doo, Scooby-Doo. Look at you. Unbelievable. Chelsea Gray's got everyone on their feet again. Gray to Wilson for the buck and the aces up 15. Whoop-de-doo, Scooby-Doo. Look at you. That was it, yeah. Yeah, that was exactly <laughs> it. Uh, should never have you have access to these highlights. You Cause, shouldn't. Cause who knows what you're going to do with those things. Shout out to B. Sal, too. I got to give a shout out to B. Sal. I saw you yet last night. Yeah, it was you, fun. It was fun. Yeah. 
Yeah, he uh, got a hold of me yesterday and says, hey, man, I'd like you to come on uh, to Sunday Sports Night. You know, we're always promoting each other, so I appreciate that. Him and Jesse, and they do a fantastic job over there at News 3 for their Sunday Sports Night show. I'm a big advocate of their show. So, yeah, uh, we reciprocate. He comes on on our show here, and um, when he asked me to come on his, I, you know, I was pretty comfortable yesterday, you know. I was watching the Astros and Dodgers game, and you were quite ta- and, like and I was barbecuing yesterday. I wanted to, you know, do you know, do my burgers on the grill and just there was a chill. bunch going on with you because you you were talking very quietly like this and on the on the uh, I, I, last I, night I, on sports night. Yeah, you know, I noticed you were, that. were very low. I, I I don't know if it was them, you know, because you talk loud, so they had to turn you down. I don't know what that was, but or I, if that was. I saw the, I saw the playback. Being... I saw the playback on that where I, I and it's funny you say that because I said, oh wow, I was kind of mellow there. So I don't know what it was, but I, yeah, it was a little strange. But it was fun being there. Um, you know, he he asked me every every now and then, especially when stuff is happening. But yeah, with the Aces, uh, let's, hey, let's talk about the Aces. And again, they're twelve and one right now, the best team in the WNBA, defending champions. So. Yeah, so if you get a chance to go to News 3 and the Sunday Sports Night, I think uh, it's on their website as well, too. So, uh, yeah, always fun stuff with uh, Brian Salmon, our good friends over at uh, News 3. But, uh, no, I I love that show, and I love all the shows that all the guys do, that Chris Matthews does. Everybody does, like, kind of a a weekend or a Sunday night wrap-up show, you know, Kevin Bollinger. Oh, by the way, Kevin Bollinger, happy birthday to him today, too. It's his birthday today. So I want to give a shout-out to all... My TV brethren out there as Love well, it. too. Yeah. Yeah. Good stuff. What's on the agenda for tonight? Oh, uh, tonight we got aces, baby. And we like do. I said, uh, <laughs> tip off seven o'clock for the, uh, aces 630 pregame show. And, uh, make sure you tune in. I will have, uh, Becky Hammond join me, Asia Wilson right there again. And of course, uh, the game tips off about 702 PM ESPN 1100, 100.9 FM. Uh, Always a, a great time doing that. Plus, you know, I'm trying to save my voice. I'm trying to save my voice today. But see, things like Cubs, Cardinals, and England, that kind of gets me revved up, you know. Fired and, up. Yeah, all that. And then, you know, buck power. He's giving me want, want to yell and scream a little bit. So I know. We'll get ready. Buck we'll get, power's fun. Get ready for tonight. But, yeah, aces, more than likely, 13-1 and one after tonight. And the line, the exact same number on this game as it was on Saturday, 15, for those of you that are wondering what that is. 15. I want to thank Arash Makazi for joining me today. (laughs) Oh, no. 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 No, no. No, 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 no. See, At least it's the original. You know what I just said? See, again, remember, I'm going no, 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 because I'm going back to the movie Focus. Remember the movie Focus? Will Smith, when you pick out number 55, he goes, no, no, no. Dr. Wong goes, I don't know. I want to thank Paul Buck Power Stuart for joining us from England. Good stuff there as well, too. And uh, Asia Wilson. Okay, Scooby-Doo. I was never a big Scooby fan, but... I'll leave it at that. Miss any part of the show, go to the website. Check it all out at tcmartinshow.com. How's it going? Oh, Scooby-Doo!